finish the final. Oh, man, the, the restraint. <laughs> Shown incredible restraint. <laughs> what, for finishing the rest of that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although now I have the old... In your, yeah, stuck in the head. <laughs> stuck in my head, so I'm going to need to, after this, play something else to get it in Do my some head. cleansing. Yeah, exactly. cleanse. Yeah. What, what would you cleanse that with? Give us an idea. It's a good question. I think today, you know what, uh, I'll... I'll pick something that uh, you would appreciate. I'll go with no part right. feelings. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. The Abbott Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a good one. That's a deep song. All right. All right. Let's not dwell there. Every uh, We often on our road trips play uh, what we call music roulette. Mm. You know, e each person takes a turn picking a song. Most of the time, I usually pull that out and... Everybody's always just like, we were, we were playing and we had a guest, one of my daughter's friends were in the car. And so she was, she wanted to play along as well. And so my daughter's like, oh, I know what he's going to pick. And so I like went like in the absolute opposite direction and pulled out some ska and then like probably about five, six words into the song, I realized that that was probably one of the most inappropriate songs I could have picked. <laughs> And you know, <laughs> I, yeah. you know, it, it was so. So she used reverse psychology on you to pick something else, and you were immediately ashamed so, of, of the song oh, that you picked. Absolutely, <laughs> and she was shocked. So it didn't Abs really work in her favor anyway. Abs absolutely. Let me just say, uh, yeah, you should never play certain certain bands that, regardless of like if you've vetted that person or not, you should just just play them and like in public when you have other people who may or may not have sensitive ears or could have some safe for the car playlists already figured out ahead of time yeah well it's kind of interesting because a lot of times what we'll do is we'll play off of each other somebody will like sure. do this oh, and yeah. go That's i'm gonna works. you know i'm gonna one-up you and i'm gonna do this and, and then somebody <laughs> else is like oh yeah well try this one out yeah then That's we good. go like try to go deep obscure and deep cuts and all these other things. It builds a good mus musical vocabulary doing it that it, way. It really does actually. And I am constantly impressed with the musical range that my children have. Now, I'll say that I at least started. Yeah. I, I, will, I will say that it, it all started off of my playlists and then they just grew from there and and i've learned a lot from them I'm like oh this is kind of cool who's this your daughter's a system kid fan too right she <laughs> is she me. is very <laughs> she's very much a systems kid fan. and in, in fact i actually showed her i was telling you that i belong to a it's called a music league through spotify and there's about 12 people in our office that are it's almost like a fantasy football for music and they've, you know, arranging topics of like deep cuts, uh, music for film, you know, all these different things. And so we're now at the very last one for the, for this. And so it's basically, you know, it, what is it? Uh, what did I say? It was, you know, kind of like obscure, 
obscure music that you may not know about, oh, yeah. but you should. Right. Right. And of course, my daughter immediately says, Oh, you've got to play System Kit. Like, you're right. I do. <laughs> everyone everyone should know about System Kit. Yeah. All you yeah. listeners out there who don't know about System Kit, you got to look it up. Yes. Yeah. And tell us if you don't know, tell us why System Kit is important to this podcast. There you go. Homework for we'll, everyone. We'll, we'll say no more at this point. Exactly. But yeah. So, and now I've, <laughs> I've been trying to pull out, I was like, okay, so now I know one, what are the other ones going to be? Mm -hmm. I do think that Any I, ideas? yeah, I've got at least one, at least one is going to be Tally Hall. Okay. I don't know that and one. And if you don't know Tally Hall, Tally, yeah. Tally Hall is a, have you ever heard of Rob Cantor? Yes. So Rob Cantor was one of the four singers in Tally Hall and Tally Hall okay. was a, a college band started with Rob Cantor and a couple of other guys at, that he went to school with at University of Michigan and kind of cool, takes its name after a, a strip ball in Michigan, not too far from where we live. And then their most popular, or I think they only really had like two, maybe three albums. And it was... Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum was the name of the, but that is also the name of a place in this strip mall, Tally Hall, mm -hmm. that is, it's an amazing place too. I've, I've, I will try to see if somehow we can share some photos of it. If not, we'll put a link in the show notes and let everybody go and look at it. It's basically... It's an arcade. It's got like old arcade games from like way back in the turn of the century, like 18th to 19th century, you know, like, you know, the early coin ops, like Zoltar and stuff like that. But then they've got like these like really obscure ones. And then just, you know, like the ones that you would know. And it's, it, it's fun time out. And I think one time I, I was playing something that was giving out tickets and I hit like the biggest jackpot that they gave out and I, was, I think it spit out like 35,000 tickets. Oh my like, gosh. Uh, and so the kids were like, well, I started like, let the kids obviously pick what they wanted. And then I was like giving them to like random kids in the store who were like, here, take them, you know, here, take them. They're like, really? What was like the best thing that they had that you could buy with tickets in the, the little glass case? Oh, to be quite honest with you, the kids, all they did is they went after the candy. It's just like, oh, look, I've got like free candy, free, free you know, sugar just, rush. Exactly. Oh, it's just like, look, I got a whole package of, um, what is it? Like Smarties. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you, pr I probably spent more money with the Smarties than here or with, you know, playing the game than it would be to like go out and buy a industrial yeah. size package of Smarties. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly but, how it works. Last time we talked, you said you had a question for me. What was that? Oh, so, you know, we were talking, we've, we've been talking about like our summer trips. You talked a little bit about your summer trip and you, we both actually often go on these kind of like random trips mm -hmm. and I had stumbled across a video from you know, one of our favorites, Van Neistat and the spirited man. And this one was an older one that was 
uh, probably a couple years old, and he was talking about his packing regime. And right. when he starts packing, when he starts planning and all of these other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it got me to think about the the way that I pack or prepare for a trip. And I have this feeling that you and I are probably extremely different when it comes to this. You would think that as a, a project manager, project architect that does a lot of planning for projects to make sure that the old, uh, was it five P's in the army and a prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Right. Um, (laughs) you know, the, that I would plan my trips and that is the absolute furthest thing from the truth. We, we rarely, I mean, the only one in our house that actually like prepares maybe like a week in advance is my daughter. You know, you know, Cormac, uh, pl- failing to plan is planning to fail. Just, I don't know if you've ever heard that before. I, I have, I have. And, and it's not that, <laughs> Turns I mean, out I have heard that. I not only have I, have I heard it, I've probably lived it And I, I've been on a bunch of different adventures, like with work and everything else. And sometimes I'm, I'm always, so like my wife's a overpacker. She'll like bring out a suitcase and she'll say, okay, I've got my stuff and I'll look at it. And it's like a big suitcase. And I'm like, you know, we're going for two days, right? You know, like there's literally no reason for you to bring even one third of that would be too much. And yet here you are. And she's like, oh, I'll need this, 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 and this. And then of course, let's, I'll, I'll use this as an example. You know, we just talked about my Chicago trip. And the Chicago trip was, we were, we would wake up, everybody would like shower and get ready to go on the Sunday of, and then we would get there and the girls would go to the concert and all of that other stuff. And then we would like spend time, we would spend the day there on Monday, probably, you know, maybe a little bit on Tuesday, but for the most part, everybody was just kind of like tired and stuff and wanted to kind of get back, you know, both of the girls really, you know, I just want to get back to my doggy and stuff. And so it ended up being that we essentially were there, did, did most of like our sightseeing and stuff on Monday. That was it. Think about it. Like you're already dressed and ready to go on, you know, on Sunday. So you basically have just got, you know, your change of clothes on Monday and possibly your change of clothes on Tuesday, right? Nobody changed any of their clothes. Like, I mean, other than, you know, like, you know. They showered and stuff, but I mean, it was just like, there was no reason for everybody huh. to like, I had to go out and get, it would have been easier for four, four people, two of them children to just have maybe like two duffel bags. Here's like clean clothes, you know, here's like your toiletries, boom, that's it. And then all four of us could easily have put all of our stuff in one duffel bag. Now, every one of them had suitcases. You know, like yeah. how much, how much stuff oh, did you man. actually go through in any of your suitcases? Yeah, I've done that where I've just forced a certain spatial limitation <laughs> on everyone by saying, you two share this suitcase, you two carry, you share this suitcase, mm-hmm. Jesse and I, we share a suitcase and that's it. That's all you get, like between the two of you, because then one, you get to take turns carrying it, helping it right. out, but you don't. Everyone doesn't have to carry it. It doesn't take up exponential amounts of space when you're getting from here to there and keep 
extra things to keep track of and all that kind of stuff. It's just becomes right. a nightmare. I mean, I'll, so there was one where, you know, so like this is the, the flip side of that, where rather than overpacking, I it kind of a, use your example of kind of underpacking. There was something that in this video from Van Neistat that again, we'll put a link in the show notes, but he had said something about, you know, he had gone on a trip and it was a reasonably long trip and he had just packed clothes that he was wearing and a Swiss army knife. That was it. And, and, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, you know, it was he, a flight too. So he, he like built a box that he put handles on. He shoved the knife in it and like checked that as baggage. So it yeah. had to be like a certain size for it to even be considered exactly. know, baggage because it, it wasn't something he could even carry on. But it was right. just like he was going to be gone for a week or two and he took absolutely nothing. Mm. And I think the idea was that he would just get whatever he needed there. Right. But yeah. then it <laughs> then his his response to that was like, I spent way too much time shopping because everything's yeah. different over there. Oh, Even yeah. the way you buy things is different. So you spend an inordinate amount of time actually doing shopping. Like you, you would think that's no problem. I could do that here with that. I would just go to the store and get exactly what I need. I know what store I need to go to, but he was in another country and it was a completely different experience. Yep. It took up way too much yep. time. And it was like, that was a stupid idea. <laughs> exactly. And so I did try one of that on one of my trips to Saudi and it was the one where we went to Alula and we were actually intending, most of it was site, site survey. Mm. And the site surveying is literally what, seven days in the desert, you know, one day travel, you know, one day to traveling or actually two days traveling to the desert and then seven days in the desert. One day we met with a client, kind of had a dinner and then, you know, two days travel out. And, you know, I mean, with the, with the way that you had to kind of like travel this particular route, because there's no direct flights into Saudi Arabia. So we always, we would typically go from Dulles to Frankfurt, Frankfurt to some Doha to Riyadh and then Riyadh basically to the other side of the country. And so, you know, there's a lot of walking around, a lot of like, you know, like, so I basically said, all right, I'm literally going to bring a duffel bag. And then the only other bag that I'm going to bring is my camera bag because the, I'm kind of going there to be the documentary kind of person. I'm going to, you know, photograph and all of that other stuff. So I had two camera bodies, you know, a bunch of uh, lenses and all that other stuff. And it was just like this. And I, it's, it's literally sitting like on the floor next to me. So, so I kind of keep glancing over at it. So just a kind of like a little harness backpack type, like lower back backpack type um, camera bag. And that was it. That's all I did. And so what I ended up doing was I packed enough undergarments for the trip. But other than that, it was two pair of pants, mm -hmm. uh, three shirts, t-shirts and socks. And I, and I ended up washing everything every night. I would, I would like wash all my stuff and you know, hang it up. I'll say, okay, this is, and so basically I would like rotate the clothes that I was like wearing all the time just by doing that. Because most of the time, I mean, it's just like, I'm, I'm not there dressing to impress somebody. I don't need a suit. I'm not going to be in meetings and stuff. I'm going to be in the desert. I am going to be yeah, hiking. Right. No one is going to really care how foul I smell because they smell just as foul. Oh, I can imagine. I can totally <laughs> imagine that. So 
Although that was also the trip that we had the luxury of being able to have our own Toyota Land Cruisers and be able to drive in and out of the desert, you know, pretty much any, any and every time we wanted to. So, or sit in the air conditioning and stuff. So there was no real foul, foulness. I'm only an overpacker when it comes to uh, equipment. I I feel like whenever I go on a trip, I take weight, you know, you, you've been there with me on (laughs) New York and various AIA conference locations where I have like a full on camera bag with me with multiple lenses. And I've, I've actually stopped doing that because I just got tired of, of that. I'll, if I do take a camera, like a real legitimate camera, I will just take one or two lenses now, but that's it. I'm not going to take all the possible stuff anymore. I think that I actually did bring my camera bag when I last saw you in San Francisco, but I don't think I ever used it. I don't think I carried it around. I I think it got to, you know, like for in Chicago, I didn't bring it. I just used my iPhone. I didn't bring it then to Chicago and I didn't bring it to San Francisco. I just brought my phone because the phones have gotten so good. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, I will say definitely the last few AIA conventions, you've seriously overpacked, but it wasn't by choice. It was. <laughs> yeah, I was going to like, I did. You uh, did. It <laughs> but it yeah, definitely I, wasn't I did, by choice. It's because, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff to outfit a booth with. Right? Exactly. So you had yeah. you had a bunch of stuff and I was, your, your actual stuff for you was small and. Just a backpack. Just, yeah, a backpack. just a backpack. Right. But yeah. So, okay. So, so what's with, the question? So with that, <laughs> what's the question? All right. So we, we've got that. Oh, neither one of us really are big fans of overpacking, regardless of how much our family loves to overpack, you know, bring way too much stuff. I, I even look at camping trips. I'm like, are we, do we really need all of this stuff? I mean, this is a lot of stuff and I don't know why we're bringing all of this because Will I, will I be taking it out of, I take it out of the truck so that it's not in the truck, but it's never used. Like Mm, Half of it's a a tent, an air mattress and a sleeping bag. That's usually what everybody needs. And yeah, van has this concept of perfect packing, right? (laughs) Which is you, you use everything that you packed. That would be considered a perfectly packed trip. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and, and I don't know if I've ever perfectly packed for a trip either because it's, cause I never really know what's happening because the other question is about how much do you plan for a trip? Because a lot of times I will just, you know, play it by ear. Like, so the Chicago trip, I, mm-hmm. we didn't plan for anything. It was just like, we will, mm-hmm. we will stumble on whatever it is that we're going to stumble on. Okay. I have two minds about this. Uh, and so I've done different things, but I think one of the things that Van states, and I think you said it earlier was, or maybe you did, or maybe you didn't. I know you said this to me when you sent me the video, which was Mm -hmm. this kind of crazy idea that as soon, the day that you know about the trip, you begin packing. So that could be years in advance potentially. And for him, it was about a, again, we'll link to this episode of his in the the comment or the the show notes, but he was planning for this trip to Mexico. And in order to get to Mexico, I mean, the idea was to drive from Southern California all the way down Central America. And he was going to drive his Land Cruiser that needed an engine to be replaced Mm -hmm. before he even 
embarked on that trip. And so that's where he kind of used that as an example of how he begins his packing or his planning the day he knows about that he's going to be going on a trip, even if he doesn't know the date when the trip is right. going to happen. Right. He knows he's going there. He knows that that's the plan, and he begins to figure it out immediately. Yeah, I am not like that uh, because I don't think my trips are that grand. But at the same time, I do start making a list in my reminders app for mm -hmm. that specific trip of things that so that as they come to my mind, which they come at random, uncontrollable times when all of a sudden I'll be, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could be meditating. I could be wee whacking. I could be driving. <laughs> it doesn't matter what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah. It's like this thing is coming, this trip is coming and, and you're going to need to take this thing. And I have to have a place to store that information it, because if I don't store that piece of information right then, I will lose it. It will be gone. And then I will be racking my brain at some point later. What was that thing that I, I absolutely had to bring on this trip? Be and that's happened as well if I don't have a place to write down. So I just started yes. a new list. So like I have a I have a list going already for the next trip that I'm going on. And it, it, it will just include usually gear and stuff that I don't want to forget to take. And it's just, it usually is location dependent. And that's why I make a list because it's not the same as the list for the last trip. It's just not going to be the same. So <laughs> where is, so where I'll, I'll go a little bit different, of course, as if I commonly am with you is, um, we got the family got in the car. Now we had all brought, you know, our, driver's license, which was the enhanced driver's license. So that if by some, some chance we decide we wanted to like cross the border into Canada, that we have that opportunity. We'll get in the car a lot and we'll say, all right, North, South, East, West. Where are we going? Oh, no, we'll just say North, South, East, West. Be like, uh, let's go West. That's cool. And then no, we'll just start driving there in whatever it is that we find. So we started driving. It's like, all right, we can start driving. And, and we were planning on just disappearing for two days, just going in and exploring. So everybody yeah. brought you know, at least a change of clothes and we, we brought the dog, dog along. So Freddie had his food and stuff. So, you know, we probably did more packing for Freddie than we did with, for anybody else. Oh, and <laughs> modern dog life is just exactly insane. <laughs> exactly. And so we were prepped for whatever we could potentially do. Sure. And so, yes, we did end up going to Canada because as we were driving, you know, I was just, I asked him, I'm like, Somebody what do you Somebody said North. Well, no. Well, actually, or wait. it's, it's, it's yeah, east you're, for us. You're in some weird place. Yeah, ex <laughs> exactly. east. I, yeah. I can't believe there is, uh, you were like, you're north of parts of Canada. That's just crazy. Well, you know, like that Journey song where they're talking about living in South Detroit. South Detroit yep. is Windsor, Ontario. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I, I I'm just not so unfamiliar with that part of the country. It's yeah, there is a concept to me. It, it's it's interesting because where we live, winds you know like Canada is either east of us or south of us, or both. Sorry, it, it's both. It yeah. is south of us and east of us. And the closer that I get, there's to, a word for the, that. It's southeast. Exactly. No, but it is east <laughs> and south. Like if, yes. if I were to drive south to Detroit, 
you know, from you have to where go I east live. first before you go south is what you're saying. No, if if I'm going to Canada, I have to drive south first, and okay. then I can drive east, okay. or I can drive north and then east, and then south because again. so like where where well where I, where I'm at actually there's a lake in between us, and it's yeah, not right. it, it is it is technically one of the, part of the Great Lakes. It's Lake Saint Clair. And we just need to drive in in opposite direction. So around it. Yeah. So we we decided, yeah, what the heck? Let's uh, let we we started driving. We okay. So we've got some things. You know, we could just explore in Michigan. And we used to do these trips. It's just like, hey, you know, New York City is only four hours away. You know, you want to drive to New York City, and they're like, oh yeah, sure. But this was when we were still living in D.C. And so I was just like, you know, hey, you know that Chicago is four hours away from us, or Toronto's four hours away. And they're just like, well, we've never been to Toronto before. We've been to Chicago a couple of times, but we've never been to Canada or never been to Toronto. We're like, all right, Toronto it is. And so we, we drove north and then drove east. And when we got to the border, the, the border guard, uh, the Canadian border guard was just like, you know, how long are you going to be in Canada? Or is like, what is your business? We're just, you know, out exploring we have around. We no plan. We're just. Oh, it gets, it. So it was this, it was, it was, he was like, you know, what brings you to Canada today? And we were just like, oh, we're just out exploring. He's like, how long are you guys going to be here? And we were like, probably about two days. And he's like, do you have a destination? I was like, yeah, we're driving to Toronto. And then he was just like, well, do you have a hotel? I'm like, nope. He's like, how long has this trip been planned? And I like pulled, pulled up my arm, looking at my non, non-existent watch. I'm like, oh, about 10 minutes ago. And he's like. Really? People, was, don't, people do that? Yeah. People, I think yeah, that, is, just, that is funny how these people do this. Concept. Yeah. yeah. These people do it. Like, yeah. and yes, I'm pointing at myself. These people right. do it a lot. A lot. That's, that was literally like, we would just, it's like the music roulette that I was telling you about. It's just like, pick a song, pick a place. Let's start driving towards it. Yeah, I and mean, then t- we talked a little bit about this before, too. It's like, what what's the next word that's coming out of your mouth? You have no idea what it is. You exactly. don't know the yeah. next thing you're going to think about, and yet something shows up. It's the same with this. I don't think oh, it's yeah. any different, and and yet that is a very foreign concept to us, I think, in yeah. general. I've I've done something similar but different in that when we go somewhere, there's a lot of things that we want to do, but we don't plan it all out itinerary right. style. Right. And it's just like the day comes, which where are we going to go today? And it's not like the cardinal directions, like what you're saying, although I like right. that a lot. I, I might steal that for our next trip. But should, uh, should. The, the idea is like where we need to, we, we definitely want to hit these things. So which one are we going to go do today? And and that to me is kind of that game of chance that you end mm-hmm. up playing. Yeah. And then there's the road that you use to get to that thing, right? It, right. Which is, is it a major thoroughfare or is it the back road version oh yeah yeah. i know you've talked about that as well where it's like you intentionally take the back road because it's you're gonna see things that most people never see never experience it's a slower pace you actually see more those kinds of things i think are really important when you're out traveling as well we see in in a lot of times we'll see a part or a perception of the country that we don't normally it's like Everybody thinks, oh, America, the strip malls and this, that, and the other. And so many times we'll stumble on like these little small towns with these beautiful 
because they had like historic markers all over the place when you're driving through like say Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West, West Virginia, basically this, this whole like area of like, we used to drive and we would drive past this. And it's just like, this was the crossroads where general George Washington had met such and such a general for such and such a kind of like uh surrender. And we're like, this is cool. Yeah, like, right. How would how would we have known that this existed if this we is like the ninety nine percent invisible always read the plaque motto that they oh have, yeah yeah right yeah. which is if you ever see a plaque you like the rule is you just have to stop and read it because there's yeah. something significant that happened there and it's and it's just that history that is otherwise forgotten about there's nothing else pointing at anything to tell you oh, yeah. that there's something worthwhile to know at that location. Well, you know, it's just like everybody looked at me. Again, very foreignly when uh, you remember, what was it? The 2019 AIA convention, I bring my recently graduated oldest son with me and here, here we are. And they're just like, you know, I would have brought my kids too, or something like that. And it's just like, well, we sort of have a plan here. It's like, he just graduated and, you know, he, he's here with you me because across the country. You know, we flew across the country. We yeah. rented a car. And we drove from Vegas to LA, hung out in LA, you know, saw, you know, saw you and the fam, your family and some other friends that I had out there. And then basically said, okay, we live on the East coast. We are now on the West coast. Let's turn the truck around, point it the other direction. And let's just drive. We knew we had to go East this time. You know, this was the game where we had to drive East. (laughs) Well, it just depends how long you want to take. I mean, uh, well, that was true too. That was true too. (laughs) And so we spent 14 days driving back. I think, well, it was not 14 days total drive back. It was, I think 10 days because some of those was were the AIA convention. And then from there, um, but we did like, you know, 14, we're on, we were 14 days, which I think probably was both of our, you know, mental limits of, you know, because (laughs) totally. Oh man, I've hit those before. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> not every, so what was this? Okay. So I don't think it was you, but somebody had turned me on to basically looking up Atlas Obscura. Oh yeah. Right. And, and Such a great website. And absolute books, you great. You get a book. Yeah. So the web the website, I love the website. It's extraordinarily interactive and basically you can just like, just pin where you are. And it'll basically tell you so many different obscure things that are around or near you. You can plan out routes. And, you know, we basically did the roadside oddities. We started driving back. You know, we saw the world's biggest ball of twine. You know, we saw the the world's largest Van Gogh painting. All of these like really weird things, the geodetic center of the continental U or the continental or sorry, the geodetic center of North America. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. And we just like all, a variety of different things. It was like nothing was planned. It was all back roads as much as we could. There were some times where you just couldn't go anywhere, but, you know, highway. But for the most part, it was all back roads. And there was, there's so much, I would say there's like so much of like American history on the back roads, but there's actually also a pretty rich, um, tapestry of American architecture, you know, Mm. and Mm. I would never have seen it. You know, my affinity for like stopping and pulling over and taking pictures of like buildings that are falling down and, 
and things like that. And, and that sort oh, of, yeah. that was I sort of the, if, if you recall from my post that I was doing along that trip, it was very much, was it, um, that off of route 66, there was that abandoned, um, water park, water park, right. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Outside of Barstow. Yeah, yeah exactly. And we sat and we kind of like hung out there until we were sort of run off, <laughs> which is another thing is like, we were run off by a couple of junkies Some who were guard. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. A couple not of junkies, <laughs> not, not security, a couple of junkies. Kind of, and, yeah. Yeah. Like, of course, I don't want my son to be in kind of like some precarious situation, but no, in a way that weird things like that were, That's you know, somewhat it an adventure. It enriches the story. Right. You know, it's just like, yeah, totally. I never planned. I was talking to somebody and it's just like, you know, there's like so many things that like go wrong on the trip and everything else. And I'm like, it, I don't, is it, do they really go wrong or if it's just like, this was just something that you didn't plan. And so it's just another part that enriches the story when you're telling it. You know, it's just like, yeah. I didn't plan on telling a story that, ha you know, that was, um, right. I know a bunch of junkies running us off from some abandoned water park, but it's part of the story. <laughs> yeah. When it actually comes to packing, I don't pack until we're really close. And yeah. my wife is the latest packer of them all. She packs yeah. after the time at which we were supposed to have left. And that's she, what my wife does. She hates it so much. She wants to avoid it so much. <laughs> she will literally place any other non-priority thing in front of packing to put it off until it's just too late. And then she feels rushed, right? I, I get this yeah. response from her. It's like, you're rushing me. And it's like, well, we were already supposed to. And so now I've learned <laughs> like, okay, we aren't leaving at that time. That is a time at which she will begin to pack and then we'll yeah. leave whenever we leave. But when it actually comes to putting things into a, a space that is a car or the back of a car or a trailer or whatever, she is a master packer, even better than I am. I thought yeah. I was good. She's way better. And yeah. so it's like, she, and what's what's kind of cool, I guess, that I've, I've learned to accept <laughs> is just let her do it because she is so damn good at it. <laughs> so I, 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 I try to do it to save time because I know that her thing is going to have to be the last thing that goes in. And so I'm working on it and then she'll get out there and she'll want to actually repack the whole thing as well because she can do it better than I can. Mine is the opposite where everybody just brings the bags out and sets them by the truck and just, you know, dad, you're going to be picky. I, you can take care of this, please. That'd be great. Well, I mean, it's not even, it's not that they're, you know, being lazy or anything. It's just, they know that I'm pretty picky. You're particular about it. So, so they'll, I have let them pack and they'll like pack it up and they'll fill the whole back up and that, you know, fine. Everything fits. Right. Except for, I have some weird quirk, I guess we can call it that I, I use my mirrors. I don't use like backup what? cameras and stuff like that. Oh yeah. And you do have a modern fancy car, but yeah, like getting used to that whole backup camera thing, just, that's, it's that just was not, hard for, it, for our generation. Isn't I it? <laughs> don't like things blocking my rear view mirror. I need to see I get it. everything. And so they'll just like pack everything all the way up to the roof. Me, I on gave the other this hand, up I a long have... time ago because we always have too many things that, that go all the way up to the roof. There's no way that I can ever get it to where I can see out the roof. I've mastered the luggage Jenga. 
Yeah. I, or sorry, luggage Tetris. That's a better way of explaining it. Well, it is kind of Jenga, right? Because when you need to get something out, (laughs) unless you are so good at actually packing things in the right order so that the thing that you need next is on the top, because I mean, how often does that, I don't think people are, are people that good? Are there people out there that are that good? I don't know, man. If they are, I want to, I would love to hear it. (laughs) I will say that. I always say, what are you guys going to need if we stop? And they're like, oh, well, I, you know, I want to make sure I have this or I make sure I have that. And those are literally like, I will line them up behind the headrests of wherever they're sitting. So Easy they literally can just like it. reach back there. Yeah, it's just like we, Magdalena has a uh, army green bag that she, you know, stuffs all of her stuff, her sketchbooks, her headphones, whatever is in there. Yeah, yeah. And so if that's carry on items, ex- exactly, items. exactly. We, exactly. we have carry on bags for all of our kids for the car, right? There's not, we're not talking about air travel right now. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. We, exactly. One year we, when all the kids were little, we bought them these identical backpacks, but everyone was a different color. Mm-hmm. And these backpacks also kind of fold inside out and zip up into the small pocket so that they're, you know, when that, when you're not using it, it just goes, you, you just fold it up and it gets put away like a, like a yep. parka or something. But oh, yeah, then when yeah. they use it, Every kid has it, and it is their carry-on bag. It goes right on their lap. It's like their pillow and that bag, and that's that's where their water bottle goes. It's where anything that like you're talking about yeah. goes, and that's yeah. that's what they get to take with them. But it's will it fit behind their head? I don't think so. Our, we're usually on a three week long trip, and and all that space is already spoken for. So uh, obviously, being in the army, I learned how from basically day one of basic training. I learned how to pack tightly and so you learned how to master roll everything, roll your shirts, roll your socks, roll your pants, roll everything. And you literally can reduce, like say if you have like a- It's about volume, right? Exactly. And I I feel like that over the years has been the most successful thing that I've been able to pass along to them. Is that's the, how it starts, which is the roll, the tight, the compressed, the the vo- least amount of volume. But then at some point along the trip, it becomes the the stuff version of yeah. that. Just stuff it in there. Just cram it back in there. Just jam oh, oh, it down yeah. with it. Like stand on it and sit on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's the, there's this, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen, well, I mean, now I'm sure they're they're much smaller, more dense and stuff. But the sleeping bag that I had in the army was this big, massive down sleeping bag that weighed an obscene amount of poundage as well as it was huge. And probably about the second year I was in, they came up with a sleeping bag cincher that like cinched it down. And we thought that that was like oh, the yeah. greatest thing. Like in the straps world. on the outside of it. You basically yeah. it was strap. You almost like strap like a burrito and then you just start pulling on the, on the, the straps and it slowly but surely compresses it down. And right. we thought that was the greatest thing since sliced bread. It was, you know, phenomenal. And right. so I, that's sort of how I think about packing is like, how can you take this big stuff and just reduce it down to a little small thing so that it makes it easier? Through the act of compression. Through yes. the act of compression. I think the only thing that ever that doesn't get compressed is my camera gear. And, and a bag of chips. Right? And a bag of chips. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true too. Nobody likes yeah. that. Nobody likes those crumbs. Bag, bag no. Of crumbs. Gotta. <laughs> oh, that's why we switched to Pringles. <laughs> I need a rigid container. Exactly. We're not going to nest. So yeah, it's like the most dense uh, chip per square inch that you can possibly have without a bunch of extra space. Yeah. Exactly. Good idea. Exactly. I can't put but, those things in my body, man. You're just killing yourself. I mean, can't you gotta food. go. You gotta go some some way somehow. <laughs> it might as well be with some sour cream and onion prickles. <laughs> the goal is to be alive for as long as possible, Cormac. <laughs> Wait, who said that? <laughs> I, I I just said that. Uh, oh man! Says the man who dangles off the side of rocks. Yeah, it's called living, my friend. L I V I N. Oh, good chat. That was fun. Uh, thank you for coming along this journey in our summer road trip series of Arcaspeak. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next time we will speak about something else summer related because we are on a summer vacation, not vacation trip. I don't know. What's the right word to say? What's the way to say that? We're on a kick. We're on a summer kick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I sort of mentioned this to you last uh, on the last episode, but I have actually planned our next trip. Or at least the destination of the trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the, I, I don't know if I should tell you or tell you later. Maybe a cliffhanger um, here.